Hey guys, this is Steva with Vision is Greater Than Anything, and this week I have Steph Phillips. She's the owner of Muddy Pirate Coffee Traders. Um, it is her own coffee brand. It's absolutely awesome, it, it, it tastes really good, and we got to talk a ton about who Steph is, where she came from, how she got to where she is today with uh, the Muddy Pirate Coffee Trader Company. Um, it, she has an absolutely awesome story. We actually went to the same school. We're, we're close in age, uh, and it's just so nice to see somebody else, again, around my age, doing something that they're passionate about, starting a, a business and going for it. It's, it's inspiring to me, and I think it's going to be inspiring to a lot of people uh, to get to hear her story as well. So I hope that you guys tune into this one, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. All right, Steph, thanks so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Um, Muddy Pirates Coffee Traders yes, is sir. the name of the company, right? Muddy Pirate Coffee okay. Traders. Okay, so you and I don't really know each other that well yet. We met each other through um, a mutual friend. And so as soon as he told me that you have your own coffee, I was all about it because I'm a big coffee guy myself. And so I immediately asked him, hey, give her my uh, email and my number, have her get a hold of me. and. We should do an episode. I thought it'd be a super fun one. Absolutely. So right off the bat, Steph, I want to know what is the vision? So the vision is um, to basically change mindsets and just kind of enlighten the youth of today. We get a lot of people who um, they think that they're supposed to be in one category. A lot of people grow up to just be athletes or just go into the music industry or just uh, all of these basic routes that have been laid before us and my biggest thing was not putting myself in a box just really going through life seeing what I gravitated towards and and going that route so basically what I'm saying is not selling yourself short not compromising and just really living life and letting life speak to you and showing you uh, basically your path mm -hmm. so so I, I would say that's my vision because once I when I started off as a, as a teenager a lot of people don't know this about me but I'm formerly known as Shea Fresh and I used mm -hmm. to do music and things like that but um that that was one of the talents that I had writing music but it's not necessarily my path and what I was supposed to do yeah. in life it was just one of the many many talents that I have and a lot of people deal with that where they're one person they're able to do many things so therefore they're kind of confused as to which path they should go down because they're they're kind of good at a few different things right. so it took me a while to kind of figure out uh, you know, what am I good at? I'm good at a lot of things, but what am I supposed to be doing? Or what am I supposed to make my career so mm -hmm. that I can uh, profit from it or whatever it is? And we kind of, you know, go through that age where we're finding ourselves, yeah. so to speak. But um, so I learned how to just kind of kind of be content with what God has given me in yeah. a way. And then just kind of let uh, life show me different signs and just kind of just listen to that. So I, I guess my vision would be to not settle, not put yourself in one box, really get to know yourself and uh, just gravitate more towards happiness and not money. Yeah, I guess yeah. that would be my vision because once you're happy, then everything else will fall in line. That's right. But if you're chasing money, then um, the, a lot of things can go wrong with that. You know, so that's, right. that, that's my vision. It's yeah. just chase your happiness, chase chase your life's desires and, and truly embody who you are and do what you want to do right. and not try to, you know, conform or succumb to what anybody else yeah. thinks that you should be that's right yeah so, so essentially from what i'm getting is break the mold absolutely you know what i mean absolutely. because you get i think so much pressure from friends absolutely to do this or to do that yep because everybody always seems to think that they have it figured out especially yep. like the younger they are oh yeah this is the way to do it or oh, yeah. that's what you should do or this is the way you should do it you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like you said a minute ago taking life 
in stride and learning about yourself as you go. Absolutely. That's like, to me, the only way that you find out about mm -hmm. the stuff you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. So for example, you started with music was the first thing you started with. Music was the first thing. Yeah. When and I, I think, was, sorry, was it that you did the music and learned that you didn't like it? I didn't like what I had to turn into to be successful in music. Gotcha. I didn't like what I should have been mm -hmm. or what anybody else wanted me to be when I was doing music, my look, my what I was talking about, things like that. I am who I am. And if I was going to get into music and go far in it, I may have had to change the way I think and the way I live and the way I present myself to be able to fit something else yeah. so that music could work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted mm -hmm. to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to, like you said, break molds. I purposely go against the grain all the time. Like, yeah. I'm an African-American woman. Mm -hmm. And I always go against the grain. I always, like, I, uh, you never see anybody like me going hunting. But I went hunting, and I loved it. And yeah. I and I, and I embody hunting. I embody, <laughs> you know, being outdoors and, you know, different stuff like that that yeah. my people generally don't gravitate right. towards. Mm -hmm. But that's because, like you said, I wanted to break the mold. I really wanted to find out who I am. And I feel like the best way to do that is to test your boundaries, to test your yeah. limits. What am I made of? What am I capable of? Why am I gonna just sit right here in this small little box like everybody else when I could be doing all of these things and possibly like it and then now I don't have to compete with you and have this small town mentality because I'm over here in my own lane. You know right. what I'm saying? And a lot right. of us in a, in a small town get that mentality. It's a small town. If somebody else is doing something that you're into, you're like, dang, I should have did that first. Or dang, I, yeah. everybody's competing when you don't even know we can all just be helping each other. You That's know, right. so. Um, it was always in me to just break the mold, do things different, go against the grain and just really test myself and see what I'm made of. And like I said, just let life show me yeah, what, yeah. What, 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 I, uh, what I need to be doing. Yeah. So Did you like, when did you decide for yourself, because you always had that in you, but when did you decide that now it's actually time to do something about it? Because again, you, I think even when we're young, we have that in us. I yeah. know that we're all different, uh -huh. but we don't do much about changing, again, because of all the pressure outside of us. Sure. So was it in high school that you realized, dang, I got to go against the grain and do my own thing? Or was it later on afterwards? And when so, you learned that, what kind of pressure did you like face before that made you want to change your mind? Sure. So, nope. In high school, I was very much so wrapped up in it. Uh, I was doing good locally. Yeah. And, um, you know, shows, shows, shows. I was getting my name out there. It was a point in time where everybody in Waterloo I can remember had on an iHeart Shea Fresh t-shirt mm -hmm. and I felt good about that and so I was doing a lot of the brand awareness but like I said it just got to a point where um, the things that I wanted to rap about and the way that I wanted to present myself and the way that I wanted to look and the way that I wanted to carry myself was not at that time <clears throat> okay yeah. and to, to other people and so that's when I became, okay, well, then I would just be a writer then. Mm -hmm. I'll just write. And I even shopped a few songs of mine out to people in the industry and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And, you know, it made a little bit of money like that as well because I also write. But it was it was that point where I'm like, okay, let me let me see what else I can do. Right. So then that's when I broke the mold. And like I said, I'm a black female, but then I got into the car business yeah. where I'm wearing slacks and a button down. <laughs> and I'm out here selling cars. Right, you know, right. I always was doing different. So like, what, what is she doing? Mm -hmm. Whatever I want. You know, yeah. I'm figuring it out. You know, I'm not going to be told what I should be doing or just doing this because my mom did it and her mom did it and her mom did it. I'm me. I'm not them. So I want to figure out what I like and, and, and who I am, right. you know? So I left the music alone for a little bit, little bit and went into writing. And then that's when I went into the, to the, to the car business. And now I'm, you know, 19, 20, working these 12 hour days, selling yeah. cars, making pretty good money. But I'm like, wow, you know, you really get to, you get a chance to see like how, 
how short life is and like yeah. these are time these are minutes and hours that I'll never get back and yeah, yeah. and I'm not even doing it for me I'm doing it for the GM and then, you yeah. know I gotta give still I gotta still give him a big cut of what I make and I don't know I just that's when I really start thinking about life in another way yeah and then really uh, life hit me one um, when I lost my father uh, mm -hmm. I lost my father to stage four pancreatic cancer back in 2017 his name was Marlon Phillips and mm -hmm. uh, once I lost him I just kind of really just like wow like you know you're here and then you're gone that's so right. what are we going to do with that time that we have here? And that is when vision and purpose really started resonating yeah. with me, um, especially like around last year. He passed in 2017, but I kept working, kept working, kept working. I didn't give myself any time to grieve. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself time to grieve last year. And during that time, it was just like an enlightening time for me just to really say, okay, you know what? Slow down a little bit. You're living for today. You're not really living for your future. Mm -hmm. Slow down and figure out, you know, what your future is and just kind of just you know, figure out why you're here, you know, and yeah. then I'm the same way. I heard you say earlier that you like to talk to people. I love to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Not only do I like to talk to people, I like to make people laugh. Yeah. I like to make people happy. And so all of that goes into, you know, why I'm doing coffee now. I love coffee. I always wanted to have like a nice cafe where you can come in. The vibes are crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, you could just sit down, have your, have your coffee, you got some good music playing. Everybody's got a smile on their face and it's just a warm, a warm and cozy place to just come and if you want to hop on the Wi-Fi, do your business stuff, whatever, <laughs> just just create a nice vibe for yeah. people because that's truly what I like to do. I love being around a lot of people, laughing, having a good time. Uh, I love being around like-minded people, positive people, yeah. things like that. And that's what I was able to, you know, get around once I left. And I lived in uh, Colorado for a year and got a chance to sell cars out there and meet a lot of great people out there. And there are so many people who are, who are like-minded. And there's mm -hmm. some people who are negative and who kind of just... Live inside of a box, but you got so many people who are just, you know, beautiful intellectually, right. and and once you talk to those people, it just kind of changes your mind about things. So, um, I got my vision after, like I said, I traveled a lot, I lost my dad, and I was just able to think about why life is important to me, what I want to do with my time here, and um, yeah, I just came to happiness. You yeah. know, my vision is just to always be happy, chasing happiness. I'll always be okay. For sure. So. For sure. that, that's, that's like one way you can't go wrong. Yeah. Because obviously there's going to be ups and downs along the way, but if happiness is like the priority, yep. other things will gradually kind of fall in place, Absolutely. you know? But before we get into the coffee, there's yep. a whole lot there. The first thing was when you were talking about at work, mm -hmm. it really started to settle in for you like, damn, is this what I'm going to do forever or, or is there something else? Yeah. A similar thing happened to me too. I was working at a, a credit union mm -hmm. and the job itself is fine, but I found myself sitting in this, this little office facing a wall. And that's when I started watching a bunch of soccer videos. I'm thinking in my head, like, damn, these guys are out here playing. Yeah. They're, they're playing their dream, and, and I'm sitting here just, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something else. You know yeah, what I mean? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. And that's mm -hmm. when it hit me. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start training every day, and let's see what happens. And mm -hmm. that's like when things started to change, and I committed like 100%. But so I think sometimes, like, you need that. Yeah. I think you can do like one of two things. When you're in those moments and you know something, there's got to be something else, mm -hmm. it takes some courage to, to give it a shot. Absolutely. But I think it's easy for a lot of people to shoot themselves in the foot and just accept it yep this this is it you know what i mean and that's key right there's a lot of people like you said who are they know okay there's more yeah if i want to go experience what that more is i might be broke for a little bit i might have to struggle for a little bit i might have to sacrifice some things but the reward will be everything because i'll find my purpose i'll find that happiness you got some people who's willing not to jump off that cliff right. and risk and figure it out and people who just want to, you know, yep, I will retire from here after working for 45 years yeah. and I'll get my, you know, 
I'll get my little uh, retirement at the end and just, you know, live like that. So I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I, I know I'm not going to retire for anywhere. I'm going to work for myself yeah. and I'm going to be happy. And yeah. Because like you said, the, the risk is always worth it. And like the results of that are never going to be as bad as we assume. I think it's easy for us to build it up into our own heads that yeah. this terrible thing is going to happen if this doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Or if I try, I'm going to look really stupid. Mm -hmm. We build it up as this massive thing, but it's it's tiny. And I think it's like so much better to, to try it mm -hmm. and be uncomfortable for a little while yep. so you can enjoy the long term. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people have it the other way around. Yep. Where it's just let me save myself now and let me be okay right now. Absolutely. But the problem is going to be you're only going to be okay forever. And I don't think we're meant for just okay. No. You know it, what I mean? Exactly. And once I start thinking about Vision 2, I start thinking about like as, as far as work ethic. So like at the dealership, you're having to... Um, I don't know if anybody knows any car salesman, but you know, a lot of the time car salesmen spend is just sitting down on their phones, yeah. chilling, waiting for ups to pull up in the parking lot, somebody mm -hmm. that you have to chase, eventually get them in and do your thing. So you're thinking about how much work that requires if you are a successful carman. If yeah. you're a guy who's pushing 22 cars a month, 30 cars a month, that guy is relentless. He mm -hmm. is literally not living his life. He is at this dealership every waking hour that he can be spending so much time away from his family mm -hmm. and he's in here slaving at, you know uh harassing these guys on the phone on facebook whatever he has to do to be able to get these car deals i was like dang he's making a lot of money but he's working hard for that yeah and i started yeah. thinking at that like dang if i can do this at a dealership for the general manager of this ex dealership why wouldn't i be able to do that for myself mm -hmm. and that's the thing and, and i learned once i learned i started getting to entrepreneurialism around 21 22 yeah and i listened to a guy say the, the the true entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to put in 80 hours for themselves so that they don't have to do 40 hours for the next man yeah, and so i'm good. like wow you know it's crazy like why would somebody want to do 80 hours or 40 hours no <laughs> way but once you think that's that's for yourself correct that's your freedom yeah. that's your ticket that's your legacy that you can leave and pass down generational wealth to your family and their family mm -hmm. and things like that but you got to be willing to put in that work yeah so once i came into terms with that like wow i can i start seeing like you get out of life what you put into it that's right if i work my behind off to get what i want i'm gonna reap everything i sow mm -hmm. if i just kind of am lackadaisical through life expecting for people to give me handouts and just yeah being in this little you know imaginative bubble then i'm kind of just going to live a mediocre life that's right so like i said it just all goes into me wanting to see what i was made of what my work ethic is about what 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 do i have inside of me to be able to get what i want that's right so yeah and like you said it is this is like always a weird one for me to put because i lost my mom when i was in high school when i was a freshman you know so when you lose somebody it's absolutely awful but then i always think to myself that it's awful that it happens. You don't want that to happen to nobody. But when it does, you can look at it and, and, and you can get something positive from it. Yeah. And I think you did as well from your dad passing away. Mm -hmm. It puts more things into perspective for you. Absolutely. Because one night, my mom went to bed and didn't wake up the next morning. Sure. And that was it. And so now, like, always on my mind, whether it's my friends or my family or myself, I always keep that in mind that I just might not wake up tomorrow. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if I don't, what, what am I leaving behind for my friends, for my family, or for what I did? Absolutely. Like the car salesman that goes 80 hours a week. Yep. Let's say you don't wake up tomorrow. What did you, what do you leave behind? You know what I mean? What did you do for yourself? That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so again, like losing someone's absolutely awful, but I always think to myself like, you know, losing somebody can't reason, be the reason that I also stop living. Sure. You know what I mean? Because sure. I might be gone tomorrow. Yep. And that gives me even more reason to go try these things that are actually important to me. Because again, it, there is no like failing. That's just like a mindset, you know. You always get results. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Yep. 
you get to choose what they mean. Mm-hmm. If they're awesome, keep going with that. If they're terrible, you make your adjustments. What did you learn from that? Absolutely. But you learn nothing and you don't grow if you don't do anything. You know what I mean? 100%. And we talked about this a little bit off the air. I want to jump into this one is the town that you're in, your mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all just excuses. If the reason you're not doing what you want to do is because the town mm-hmm. or the people are negative, mm-hmm. that's all just bullshit yep. that we feed ourselves just to give us more reasons to not do anything about our situation. It's those you limits. Agree, yeah? It's those limits that I was talking about. People uh, don't, they're scared to go against the grain. They're scared to break those boundaries or yeah. test those limits. They've given themselves this uh, stigma of nothing can get done in Waterloo. Yeah. I can't be successful in Waterloo. I can't do X, Y, Z in Waterloo. But like we said earlier, if you have that mentality here in Waterloo, yeah. small Waterloo, because we're pretty small. And the thing about the thing I like about Waterloo, I want to give some positives about Waterloo is yeah. it's so small that generally everybody knows each other. Right. Which in that situation is a benefit because if you need something to get done, you have the resources to do that. That's right. So if you're somebody from small Waterloo and you go move to a big city, you don't really know anybody. Right. Therefore, you can't really trust anybody, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit harder to move. You end up hitting those potholes in the road a little bit more because you don't really know anyone, right. rather than if you were here, and say I do know things about people in Waterloo, mm-hmm. and okay, this guy, he's got his head on straight, you know, he's pretty positive, so if I surround myself around him, we kind of like-minded. This group of people over here, they kind of, you know, been the same way all their life. I know they ain't going to change. At least here, I know that. Yeah. I know who these people are. I know what, what they got going on. So I can trust what I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than me leaving here trying to go to a big big old place that I ain't never been before, trying to maneuver out there. And I don't know left from right because I don't know these people. Right. I ain't grow up around you, you know? So I feel like if you acquire the skills needed to be successful in your small town, yeah. it'll just, you'll, you'll, you'll build a nice resume as far as life goes, a life resume, as far as what you've been, your experience, your exposure, you'll build a nice little life resume so that when you do go to these big towns, you know how to move and you know how to move right. That's right. So. Yeah. And I think the, two of the biggest skills I think in that, learning it in your own town, if yes. the town isn't big or if you have the desire to go somewhere else because you think there's going to be more opportunities, mm-hmm. those skills you can develop right now are your ability to communicate, yep. you know, and then that work ethic, yep. you know. Because I think communicating is is number one in all of that. Absolutely. I mean, if you go to a big city and you can't communicate, you're wasting your time. You're going to be right back on your ass somewhere over there or Uh right back here. You know what I mean? So if you can develop that here, that sets you up for maybe something better over there. But that mindset goes with you. Like, you're still you. If you're lazy here and you use Waterloo as an excuse to not try, you're still you when you move somewhere else. And you're going to be lazy there and you're going to end up back here. That's right. That's 100%. right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, real quick, we've been talking almost 20 minutes now, yeah. and barely any of it has been about coffee. Yeah. So why don't we jump into that right now? So tell me about Muddy Pirates. Okay, so Muddy Pirate Coffee Traders is a business that I brought to life actually during this pandemic. I'm sitting here thinking like, uh, you know, I don't know how we're going to come out of this. At this <laughs> point, we're at the beginning. It's like, okay, you know, I have a job, but after the pandemic, am I going to have a job? So it just it just really got you thinking. Like 2020, I think, uh, woke a lot of people up as far yeah. as time and the value of time and what are we really doing with our time. So mm-hmm. you had some people looking at the pandemic and uh, the quarantine like, okay, bet, I'm about to chill. I've been working my ass off these last couple right. of years. Right. I ain't never had nothing like this where... You know, I can't even go to work, so therefore I'm good to sit at home and collect this unemployment or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? So I actually looked at that time like, wow, okay, this is the time that I need, that I've been wanting to stop, think, okay, what do you want to do? Like I said, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I always just had a hard time 
narrowing it down to exactly what like i said i'm the type of person i'm very optimistic yeah if it's if there's success behind it i'm almost down for anything not anything but i'm that's how bad i want to be successful yeah i'm a very driven motivated person um so i'm thinking okay I know that I have what it takes to be successful, but what do I want to dedicate my time to? Yeah. So I got to yeah. thinking, and um, you see always a lot of um, kids, when they want to make money, what do they do? They go outside and sort of like a lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like, you know, that'd be dope for like an adult to be out here with like a maybe, you know, when you're outside and you know, maybe some adults don't want to eliminate, maybe I could do like a cold brew stand. Instead yeah, of eliminate, yeah. I can sit outside with a little table and do a little cold brew, you know? Mm-hmm. And then from there, and that was just a joke, you know. Like, I want to go out here and do a cold brew stand instead of a lemonade stand. It was just, no, I didn't do it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It was just a joke at first, but then I got to thinking, like, you know what? Cold brew stand. And then I got to think about the coffee, and then I could do this, that, that, that. I could do a whole pop up where I'm making frappes and this, that, because I got all the equipment. So it, the, the idea is just our firm, like, you know, I'm about, I'm about to make my co- I'm about to make a coffee business, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it went from me wanting to do cold brew to me looking at, okay, raw coffee beans you know what is the you know and then you get to, i get to research and i see that coffee is a seed that's inside of a cherry yeah it comes out of a yeah, cherry yeah you, you slice open the cherry there's this green seed in there so once you take the seeds out of these cherries they're all green mm-hmm. and then you have to then roast them yeah. turn them brown let them sit for a little bit uh, a few days just so that they can develop the full body of mm-hmm. the of the coffee and then you grind it and boom that's how you have coffee so yeah. i'm like wow so once I started looking at that, I, I looked into roasting and things like that. So I ended up, you know, saving up money, buying a roaster and ended up getting my, my green beans here, roasting them and just like, wow. just went through this whole process. My coffee, was, my, my, my house was smelling good, like coffee. And <laughs> we're sitting in there all hyper and drinking yeah. it all, you know, and yeah. it's just like, wow, you know, but that's something that I would have never did if I would, you know, if some, I, I figured out that a lot of us like fill ourselves with doubt. Yep. And even I do it like, no, that ain't gonna work, or that's gonna be corny, or that's, you know, that ain't, that ain't no good idea, you know, but, but when you really just do it, just do it, you know, and you end up seeing like, wow, people are loving it. Like, at first I thought I was like being like, I don't know, I just thought, I didn't know what I thought about it. Let me just do it, see what happens. But then once I did it, I started, you know, putting it on, you know, online, so I'd be like, Muddy Pirate, I love that name, you know, I'm going to like these church events and stuff like that, and the older people are loving it, and just like, I got some people who are just even happy to see this Muddy Pirate-like logo on the bag. Yeah, like, wow, yeah, like, this is crazy. cool. I ain't never seen nothing like this, you know? So it just made me feel good that I stuck to my guns, that I yeah. didn't cop out or didn't, you know, let the doubt yeah. steer me out of doing it, um, you know? And, and I just did it. And, yeah. and so since then, I've been getting so much, uh, you know, people acquiring about it and ordering it. I've been shipping stuff to different states. And, you know, a lot of people are, are, are supporting and showing love. So, yeah. but yeah, no, it just goes to show you that, you know, even though we're in bad times, you can always use, you can, you know, you can always use the time that we're given to just reflect, focus on what you want and make something happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I used to read all type of memes, like some people are going to come out of this, you know, pandemic as millionaires. And some of them are gonna come out of it and you know lose their mind, but right. it's just about what you're directing your energy towards. Right. So I just wanted to direct my energy towards. I didn't think I didn't watch the news not one day. Yeah. I didn't do yeah. any of that. I just like you know what I'm gonna use this time to focus on me. For sure. Because I like you said I don't know if I'm gonna wake up tomorrow or not. That's so right. let me go hard for something for me for once. Because I've been going so hard yeah. for everybody else for so long. Now we're going through these crazy times. You don't know what tomorrow holds. So now I'm about to start grinding for steps. Yeah. And that's how that's how Muddy Pirate was born. So. For sure. I mean, when you move towards something that's meaningful in your life, there yes. is no losing. Mm-mm. There's no losing, Mm-mm. you know. And real quick, what better way is there to build 
confidence in yourself and like get rid of some of that self-doubt than again by actually doing it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you do that once or twice. Yeah. Then you're like, this is, it's never as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm a big person of like power of the mind. Yeah, like, for sure. Like if I sit down and think about something and I, you know, I plot on it a little bit and then I actually go and do it, which I've done so many times in my life. You know, I've manifested so many things that I have right now in my life. Mm -hmm. So once you become that, you know, that beast or whatever you call it, like, I did that, you know, yeah. you just feel so good. You got to empower yourself. And once you experience that, you you do feel unstoppable, you know, yeah. so you definitely have to, like how you said, just to answer your question, you just have to encourage yourself. Yeah. You have to, you know, do those things, see it out. And if it don't work, let you be the one who determined that it didn't work. Don't That's let right. anybody else stop you from doing it. That's right. Some things we do have to, you know how they say you have to make certain mistakes. Every idea that you have is not going to be the idea. Mm -hmm. But have those ideas, make those mistakes, you know, and filter them out. So that way you get it out the way and then you're, you're still on track doing the right thing. Yeah. But yeah, just the best way to do that is just to clear the doubt out of your mind, stick yeah. to your gut. Do your proper research and your due diligence first. For sure. And if, if everything else is aligned, go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, that the doubt and the confidence thing is like something that's always on my mind. Because when I played soccer, that's something I struggled with a ton. The confidence thing, right? Yep. And then there's that self-doubt. And like, I think it's easy to say eliminate self-doubt. We all agree with that, right? Yep. But like, how the hell do you do that? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And so for me, one of the biggest ways to do that is, again, to try those new things. That's to try right. these things that are a little bit uncomfortable that you're not sure about, but mm -hmm. to actually like you feel some sort of attachment to them that means something to you you try those things and whether you whether it goes great or awful mm -hmm. that's when like you said you're moving towards something you care about exactly. so you can't lose there exactly. but then when you do it you're, you're gonna realize it's not as bad as you thought you always will exactly. it's just where the people give themselves that chance because they build it up so massive that they never tried you know what i mean that's right so like my confidence comes from again trying all these things that i'm uncertain about yeah and getting those results and then tweaking whatever needs to be tweaked. Because I learned for myself that it's not always going to go well. i got to make adjustments. So that's why I'm not scared to try anything now. Because yep. it either goes great or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I'm not scared to be honest and say, well, that didn't work. Now what do I try? Mm -hmm. So where does like, your confidence come from nowadays? Um, growing up, I always had like um, very confident examples in my life. My mm -hmm. dad was a super confident guy. Uh, full of you know charisma, personality. He was always the the, you know the light of the party, everybody gravitated towards him. Yeah. And so I get a lot of my confidence from him. I get a lot of confidence from my mother, who's another well-known uh, lady in Waterloo, Retha Phillips, uh, now Retha Moore, because she's newly married. Uh -huh. But um, so so I have them, I have my, my godparents who are pastor and first lady. So I have a lot of like powerful people that I grew up around. So I exuded their confidence yeah. um, growing up. You know, you got people in position, you know, my, my whole grandfather, goddad, was a pastor of a church, so he was in power. My dad was the deacon of the church, so he had a position of power. And you just kind of see them and how they carry themselves. And, and, and that's really how I got my confidence. My mom and dad never put fear or, or boundaries or anything like that on me and my younger sister growing up. They always were there for support. And they always, if we wanted to do something, they made sure that we tried it. Even if we didn't like it yeah. and we left, and, that, and that's probably why I'm so optimistic now because anything I wanted to try if I let my parents know let's do it you know did you like it did you like it I'm like uh, yeah I did like it and I stay with it I'm like nah I ain't really feeling that and then I don't and then I and then I go and do my thing but yeah. I was given that that exposure as a kid if you well it's okay to ask, tell them you want to do something it's okay to tell them right absolutely I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people don't have that because mom and dad always right. say that's stupid you're not gonna waste your time with that you're right you know what I mean you're right 
That's and, and, th- and I thank God that my mom was one. Okay, so my mom is a singer. And a she, singer? She's a singer. Okay. She's a gospel singer. And when she was younger, uh, she had the opportunity to sing at like Madison Square Garden. And wow. um, just for a lot of, uh, you know, she sang for a few presidents. And, you know, she did a lot of amazing things. But since she had me and my sister to care for, she didn't really get a chance to really live her dream mm-hmm. and live her vision That's as you right. speak. So she, uh, and she, and she, uh, before she had me, my mom had maybe six or seven miscarriages before she had me. Wow. So once I finally came, I was her miracle baby and she was just so in love with me. And so, you know, of course I was spoiled and things like that because she wanted a baby for so long and here I am, I finally come. So she always wanted to make sure that, okay, I I didn't get a chance to, to fully live my life and, you know, I, you know, I had a few miscarriages before I had her, so this month, you know, so I, w- I want to make sure that she gets to do whatever, you know, she, she thinks she wants to do. My mom was always there and still is to this day, you yeah. know, there to support me and make sure that I have that shot or I get a chance to to uh, to test that out and see if that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's always been there for support. And that is important. You do have people, um, parents, putting limitations and boundaries that yeah. they have for themselves onto their kids, whether their fears or whether it's just their opinion and their opinion is just 100% different than what their kid thinks. But that does sway and deter a lot of kids from really chasing what it is they want to do. Some some kids have a whole vision for their life and what they want to do. But my dad was a dentist, so shit, I got to go to dental school too because that's really the only thing Pops is going to pay for because he want me to be like him, you know. And so they end up taking that safe route and doing what the parent wants them to do, never really finding who they really are. And then that's when you have the downward spirals when they get all that success. And then you're like, you should be at the happiest time of your life. And they're depressed as hell. Because you're living somebody else's life. Because you're living somebody yeah. else's life. And yeah. it was always important for me to not live anybody else's life. Yeah. I, I, I break a lot of molds, dude. If you yeah. see me in person, you'll see what I mean by that. I'm me. I don't, I don't, I don't do what, you know, what anybody thinks I should be doing. Yeah. I do what Steph wants to do. Because yeah. that's the only thing that matters in the end. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And I so, think like you're at where you're at now. And we have very, very similar mindsets. And I think that... This is what we need more of sure. from parents. We need more examples like this because I think you're in this position. Number one, obviously, you're, the way your parents did it is the right way. To have your that. kid come to you yep. and tell them what they want to do with yeah. their life and say, go ahead and try it. Absolutely. Think about like, how much confidence and courage that gives you to, to try and know that if I fail, mom and dad still have my back. And there's someone yes. has my back. You know and, that, I mean? and that gives you what you need. Yeah, man. because especially like in high school when you're so impressionable. Like in high school is an easy place to get lost quick Yeah. because you want to fit into this and to that and this and that. And it's got to be drugs or alcohol or sex and all that so stuff. Much like, so much influence, right? Yep. But that's because, again, you have things you don't want to hear from at home. Yep. You're not encouraged to go try these things that are super important to you. Yep. Because then what do you do? You rebel. Yep. Mom and dad want me to do this. Well, I don't want to do that. So let me go and hang with my friends and mess around and be stupid, make these mistakes. And I feel like that doesn't have to happen when you're young. Like, that, like people use the excuse that, oh, I was young and, and dumb and all that stuff. Like, to me, that is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, like, if you want to be treated like an adult when you're in high school, then those actions you take also have consequences. For me, failure is okay. Mm-hmm. 100%. But when you're in high school as well, you 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 have those dreams. I know you do. There's sure. no there's no BS in that. Yeah. And it's important to try those things in high school as well. Yeah. And fail there, make mistakes there, mm-hmm. way more than it is to go drink and mess up there. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. But again, like you you brought you came up the right way. Your parents did great. That's what I want to see more of. Absolutely. Like when I go and speak, mm-hmm. that's a topic that's super important to me. You sure. know what I mean? Especially when you're young. Like I got no sympathy for kids to make those dumb mistakes. Yep. You know what I mean? And because you do. you do not have to. Mm-hmm. You, know? you don't. You don't. Absolutely. Yeah. That's super important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, I want to see more of that. It's, it's a crazy thing. I just feel like, why isn't that always the case? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's maybe because it might have been how your parents maybe also came up. 
You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think, or, or, or either they, they came up great and they wanted to pass it on, or it was awful and like, I want to do different. Change, and that's always what it is. That's yeah. always what it is. Like my dad, um, my dad's dad was in the military. Mm. Super hard guy. Uh, again, African-American. So when you're African-American in the military, you know, back in those days, you probably weren't it's always tough. treated right. It's tough. For sure. you know? For sure. So you learn to be tough. So what my dad told me is that, you know, my granddad barely told his kids that he loved them. You know, he barely, he did more of a, an agape love, which is a love shown through action. Hmm. So he, 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 uh, he would never physically say, hey, Dini, I love you. Or yeah. Karen, I love you. Or Byron, I love you. Which are my uncles and um, aunts. But he would rather make sure that they had food on the table. Make sure that they had clothes on their back, shoes on their feet. Uh, a roof over their head. He's like, I'm showing you I love you by everything that you have. Yeah. But he was never one who directly said I love you. So in return, my dad, when I was growing up, it would be random times of the day. I'm chilling in my room. Stephanie, yeah, <laughs> I love you. It'd just mm-hmm. be random. You know, he'd just make a point. My dad didn't do that, so I'm gonna make a point to let my know that to let my kids know I love them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, even if I am paying the bills, whatever, I'ma still even tell them that. You know, because yeah. I wanted to hear my dad say that sometimes. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. So. He turned that around, so I absolutely agree with that. What you learn from your parents, you're either gonna use that, you're gonna you're gonna take from that what you need Mm -hmm. to make sure that your life is just a little bit better. If it was a negative thing that your dad did, you're gonna take that and turn it around to be a positive. You know what I'm saying? So so our parents are gonna be the outline for our life one way or another. Uh It's gonna be what we decide to take from it and and use and adopt those same habits. Or, you know what, I saw my pops do that and I didn't really like that, so I'm gonna flip this on my end and do the opposite. But it still steers from them. Mm -hmm. So the parents are a big part of kids being able to chase their dreams and and feel like they're supposed to. Not only that, but just like any kid, if you have to support mom or dad, like. That's all you need. You feel good. Like yeah. you feel great. Like yes, okay. Mom is good with it. I'm in. The, I'm in the game. You know right. what I'm saying. I don't care what nobody else say. My mom cool with it. I'm straight. You know what I'm yeah. saying. So it's really important for parents to, uh, yeah, let your kids live. Keep advise them. You give them. You give them. You know, don't be stupid. Give them that game. My mom and dad gave me a lot of game, which is what we call in the urban industry information. Yeah. About yeah. life. My dad gave me a lot of game as far as what not to do, you know, you know, do not do drugs, do not, you know, because once you do it, that, that stuff does own you, and that's why you have addicts, because you're not sure. yourself now, you, every every penny, every dollar you make, you making it for that drug, so mm-hmm. don't get into that, otherwise you ain't gonna live your life, you're gonna live that drugs life, you know, he gave me a lot of game that was necessary so that I could have the mindset that I have now, yeah. and live the way I do now, Yeah. some parents think, oh, I'm not even gonna talk about that with my yeah. parents, because that's uncomfortable for me even, yeah. and then if you don't tell them, then how the hell are they supposed to know, and then they go out there, and they messing up left and right just because you ain't give you ain't prepare them for the real right. world. You I think I think it's it's how you talk about it is the key. Absolutely. Because again, like if you if your parents are parents that are supportive, then you will buy into most of what they say because they're on your side. So Absolutely. if they tell you about drugs and alcohol, and you love your parents and they support you, you support them, you probably listen. But if your parents are trying to throw it down your throat, like don't do this or I'm gonna beat your Preaching ass, you, yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Yep. You're gonna go and do that stupid yeah, stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm not trying to think through my head like. You know, as a young kid, when you're in high school and whatnot, and you, you have all those options and those pressures, the peer pressure for everybody, whether it is the drugs and alcohol, all that sort of stuff, like, if your parents don't have your support, and you, you struggle, like, saying no to your friends and stuff like that, or if you have those parents that, that beat that down on you, just don't do it, just don't do it, and you're scared, yeah. like, what, what would you say, what would you do, you know what I mean, if you didn't have your parents' support like that, and didn't have the confidence through them? 
So give me the question again. So, so if, because your parents instilled a little bit of confidence in you, that's right. they, you, had, you, could, you could be open with them. That's right. And so you could take their advice as far as they, Steph, don't do drugs, don't do this, trust Absolutely. me, you know what I mean? And you will listen. Mm-hmm. But for parents that, that aren't like that, yeah. where you don't have a support system right. and you're struggling, then how do you not do drugs and drink and say no to your friends? That's a really good question you know? because I had a lot of... So for me, okay, so my parents were married throughout my whole childhood, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of friends who that wasn't the case. Yeah. They were being raised by just mom, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I always did see that the difference in, you know, me and I'm over here chilling and good and confident and feeling good. <laughs> and then my friend over yeah. here all stressed out and, you know, got right. a bad attitude problem because of, they don't have good communication with their parents and stuff yeah. like that. So it is hard, you know, when you don't really have the best relationship with your kid. And I, and a lot of that is, is really deep, uh, Stephen, because uh, the parents who don't really have a great relationship with their kids, I've come to know in my 25 mm-hmm. years, is because that parent was probably also young when they had their kid. Mm-hmm. So they never really got a chance to find they self yeah. because yeah. now I gotta be mom. So now you ended up raising somebody who you kind of looking at with resentment because you gotta be this responsible mom. And you don't and know you yourself. You feel yet. like yeah. you being robbed yeah. of, of, of something. You know what I'm saying? So therefore then the relationship is kind of uneasy. The resentment's there a little bit. The right? resentment's there a little bit and the kids uh, you know, start to see that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, when my mom had me, she was like, thank you, Lord. Like, finally, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of these miscarriages, miscarriages, miscarriages. I finally got, so I'm, you know, and so it's just like, it's the mindset, you know? Because um, when you're ready for your kid, yeah. you're ready to give them all that love, all of that support, all of that joy. Because when you have a baby, that's something that you're supposed to be prepared for. Right. And so when they hit you off left field and then you just a trooper and you just rolling with the punches, you ain't always just being this happy parent. Sure. You're just somebody who just did what you had to do. Right. So then that's how your relationship then becomes with your kid is a, you know, your kid is just there. And so you, 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 when the relationship is not there, like anything, if you don't have a relationship for it, I work at Expo right mm-hmm. now. If I go in there with these kids who are having these different backgrounds and stuff, and I think I'm finna come in there and put the hammer down, right. y'all better do this or this gonna happen. I'm not gonna get the result that I want, right. which is which is really for them to just settle down, do what they're supposed to do, their job, and learn. Yeah. I'm gonna get the exact opposite. I'm gonna get that rebel. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. Because right. I didn't build that relationship. So to answer your question, for a parent who does not have that relationship with their kid, before you try to you know steer them any direction, take that time to just really get to know your kid. Take that time to be vulnerable with them and let them know mm-hmm. how unperfect you are and all of the mistakes that you made and that you're telling them this information so that they don't go and make those same mistakes. But it goes into that vulnerability. My parents yeah. are very vulnerable with me and just letting us, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I love you and I want you to love me and we're going to have a good time, you yeah. know? And we traveled, we went everywhere together, we went to so many places. And I had a really, really, really good childhood, um, which is why, you know, my dad left really soon. But I don't feel robbed because I lived a full life with my dad. I got to do so many things that so many kids, especially of my culture, don't yeah. get to even do with their dad. So I don't feel robbed at all. I miss him every single day. Mm-hmm. But I I love um, what he showed me, and that's you know nobody's gonna be perfect, but just we're religious people, and I'm I'm Christian, so we, uh, we was just always about keep God first, mm-hmm. and then everything else will fall into place, mm-hmm. and that's really how I live my life. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm not one who goes to church every single Sunday, but I do have a very deep spiritual connection with God. I pray every single day. I keep myself grounded, and I live by my faith, 
and that's just how I live my life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not out here judging nobody because I know I've made my mistakes. So yeah. it just comes down to vulnerability and, um, yeah. And then it's up to your kid to after that be like, wow, you know, like, okay, thank you. This is all I've been wanting that's from right. you. Let that's you know right. what I'm saying? Like, stop trying to act like you're so perfect and all this and all that because <laughs> then I'm going to go be that rebel. If you keep yeah. it real with your kids, let them know, hey, I was once your age. I did those things. Right. You know, that is so important because all we're trying to do is find ourselves. That's right. All we're trying to do is figure out what the hell to be doing. You yeah. know, we ain't never been this age before. We, ain't, You know what I'm saying? So for somebody who is living in the same house with me, you've done and felt all these ways that I'm feeling. Let me know that. Let That's me know great. that it's okay to feel like this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then that just changes everything. That's great. I, I mean, I guess I thought about that a little bit before, but that really like, put it into perspective. I mean, to be open and vulnerable with like, somebody about your experiences helps so much. Absolutely. Especially for somebody, because somebody is either in your shoes or yeah. experiencing something similar or they will how many, at some point. Exactly. And, and how many kids feel judged by their parents? Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, oh, my mom hates me. She thinks I'm a bum. Yeah. Man. You feel judged by them, so yeah, yeah. That's 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 the that's the only way to do it. Really, is just yeah. to be real and vulnerable. And who else to be vulnerable with than the person of your flesh? Right. You know what I'm saying? So. And I wonder, like, why? Because I don't have kids myself, yet, so because I can't really even say that. Because like, even like, like my mom and dad. I mean, like, I'm from Serbia, so like, we didn't really have like none of those conversations. Like, I know my parents loved me, but there was. We, we never sat down and just like talked. Mm -hmm. It's just a different culture, you know what I mean? Um, but even so, it's like I think to myself. Had my dad told me about like experiences that he struggled with, might that have helped me? I think probably. Sure. But I feel like a lot of the stuff I learned was on my own, and I just like I saw him struggle. Yep. I watched that stuff happen. There was, there was no conversation, but I could see it. Yep. And so as I got older and I started to struggle myself, then it, it put into perspective like what he must have felt. When I started to feel that for myself, I'm like, damn, okay. That's how it I, I kind of get yep. it now. You know what I mean? Because yep. I mean, at some point, if you don't get that from your parents, yep. you can keep going down that wrong track, and, and nothing good's gonna come. Yep. But as like a, as as an individual, at some point, you gotta come to that you yourself. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Because no one's so gonna hold your hand you, forever. You come into that realization over time, anyway. Even if your parents yeah, it's don't, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. So don't. Wouldn't it be smarter if the parents just let you have that that coming into yeah. sooner? By them just like I said, being vulnerable. If you gonna figure that, because I, I did the same thing. So I have a I have a girlfriend, and yeah. we have a five year old daughter together now. Uh -huh. We I've been with my girlfriend ever since uh, she was pregnant, mm -hmm. and now our our daughter is five years old, and I'm experiencing a lot of the same things because I act just like my parents, yeah. and it's so crazy. I always have these like that, you know, it's, it's you have these deja vu moments where it's like, dang, I feel like my dad right now. What she just <laughs> said to me, or you know, so yeah. it's just like you get it, like you said, you get a better view of how they felt because you're going through some of the same things whether it's their struggle or something similar that they went through you get a chance to embody and feel and see through their eyes like oh that's how that was you yeah. know so if you can do that with your kids from the jump you know it just really it outlines their life in a different way yeah in, in ways that you can't even think of by yeah. them just you know i was able to have my first drink or my, my first beer with my dad you know what i'm saying it kind of this is how it feels to be just a little tipsy. <laughs> yeah. That way you're not out in an unsafe place. Yeah. Think about how many kids yeah. go out and drink or do drugs, have a bad trip or whatever for their first time right. with their friends. But when you start ODing and tripping out and your friends get spooked they and they pull shit. off on yeah. you and you sit there and ODing and something bad happened, that's not how you want to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I appreciated my dad for letting me have my first drink with him mm -hmm. and seeing how I felt and stuff like that. That way I know how to go and conduct myself out in public. You that's know right. what I'm saying? It's all about the right exposure as a parent i really believe expose your kids to the things that they're going to see 
when they get older out in the real world that way they know how to move that way they can't just be a fool and fall for anything yeah. and, and believe anything and go for anything put give them that knowledge you know what i'm saying and so i just feel really blessed that yeah. Um, even though my mom and dad, they were Christian, things like that, but they, but they still did things in their own way yeah. so that we wouldn't be naive mm -hmm. or, you know, easily manipulated or just, you know, just falling for anything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They really told us what we needed to hear to, to make me who I am today, which is a strong, confident, you know, strong-willed person. Sure. I, I, I really am. I'm a strong-willed person. I do what I say I'm going to do. Absolutely. Um, I follow my mindset. And I do me, you know what I'm saying? One hundred percent I do me. So and I and I appreciate that my mom and dad for, sure. for putting that in me because a lot of people who don't have that. It's a lot yeah. of people who are very influenced. They're out here following the trends and stuff like that. And uh yeah. while there is a time for that when you're young, it's up to you as you grow older, but you know what? I gotta I gotta be the captain of my fate. For you sure. know what I'm saying? For so sure. absolutely. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that we need more we need more and better communication as well as more examples. And what, what better example is there to set than the way you communicate? Like the way parents communicated with you, they also set an example for you, and that's why you are at where you're at now. 100%. And that, I feel like, goes across the board everywhere. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in the school system, mm -hmm. it's how you raise your kids, it's your coworkers, everything. How you communicate yep. will set an example. If you can set that example, people will also jump right on it. Absolutely. And then do better themselves. I think that's how that works. Now, I know we're wrapping up towards the end here. Not a whole talk, a lot of talk about coffee, but here's like the big thing for me about coffee, and this is why it's beautiful. Yeah. Coffee is like something that can really bring people together. That's Absolutely. the big thing for me, because I think about it for myself. Like, I'm a, I'm a kid from, from Serbia, Absolutely. and we're sitting here together, a young black lady from yeah. Waterloo, you know what yeah. I mean? How, how does that happen, you know what I mean? Yep. And this is kind of coffee in a way brought that together. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And for me, it's just this unbelievable, like, social thing. That again, you can practice communication with mm -hmm. too, you know. So it's just absolutely an unbelievable thing. I don't didn't talk about it too much, but I just for me, it's one of the most amazing things. I feel like it got me through times when there was like a lot of uncertainty when I was traveling and things was awful. Sure. Whenever I drank coffee, like I felt grounded. Like okay, it feels familiar now. Do you exactly. know what I mean? So just it to wrap up. Yeah. yeah. What's your What's your quick take on, on coffee as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, going into coffee, I know we spoke a little about this when I first got here, but uh, my first cup of coffee I had when I was like five years old with my grandmother. Her name was Willie Mae Sutton, uh -huh. and uh, she was a super super great cook. But we would wake up in the morning. That's the first thing she would do was uh, uh, get the coffee going. She was a super old lady. She was like in her 80s. She's from Mississippi, and she would roll her own cigarettes and, <laughs> and, and, and put the coffee on in the Sounds morning. Like my and, exactly, yeah. you know. So you just that was my first introduction to like you know, like I said, when you're a kid and you had that first cup of coffee, you just automatically feel like a little tiny adult, you know. I know so for that, sure. when I was drinking coffee, I was feeling grown. Like yes, right. I, I feel successful with this, you know. That's so right. it, it started off being corny, but then it, it did. It just became something that really. Uh, like you said, when we start, when I started having coffee as I got, got older, making it for me and my granny, me and my mom, me and my sister, you know, it was just a, it was a great drink to just bring people together. You know, people go into Starbucks all the time just to meet up with their friends, have a cup of coffee and just chill. It just, right. it was always just that type of vibe. So that's why I liked coffee, but for what it represented, it represented just like, uh, just, you know, kind of like a, a independence and a, a adultness to yeah, me that I just yeah. always loved as a kid. Everybody always tells me as a kid, I always was like the, I was always living 
fast or, or whatever you mean because I was always kind of like ahead of my time I was always like an old soul <laughs> in a way you know yeah. I always get called like you're just a little uh, old person you know yeah, yeah, yeah. to this day people call me that because I'll be sitting down chilling yeah. you know you know my friends over here with like you know their hot Cheetos and their Gatorade yeah. and then I got me like some shortbread cookies and a cup of coffee you know what I'm saying so yeah. I like to be different and I just really love that like uh, once I got into coffee, I really loved like the European culture of like yeah. uh, you know the pastries and the all the stuff that went with it hand in hand. Just like oh, you know chocolate pastries and the biscottis and all that type of stuff. I just loved it. I love cooking myself too. I love sweets. I love um, all that type of stuff. So coffee was just the the perfect drink that went with all that. Yeah. Perfect mood and like you said, it was always just the vibe. Every job that I've had, I have to have coffee. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can and then it's another thing. Coffee is something that you can drink any time of the day. You can sure. do a coffee date at 7 a.m. or it could be 10 o'clock p.m. and we can go to the local diner and have a cup of That's coffee. Right. That's you know right. what I'm saying? It's, it's just always that you go to the hospital. You got a loved one in the hospital. When you need a little break, you walk out the room, you go down to the cafeteria, you get you a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like when you're reading the book, cup of coffee. So it was just always that feel good uh, vibe around coffee that I loved. and stuck with me to this day for so, sure absolutely awesome perfect i got one last question for you yes, before we're done what is your favorite kind of coffee my favorite coffee favorite is, ways prepared what do you think absolutely so um there's two different coffees there's robusta and arabica yeah i like arabica coffee arabica coffee is usually from regions of ethiopia africa over in that region is where arabica coffee was born it's the strongest coffee and um the way i like my coffee i like a dark roast yeah. um and i will do Cream, no sugar. That's how I like my coffee. Cream, no sugar. Cream, no sugar. Uh, if if it's a if it's a good day, I'm feeling good. I'll do cream, no sugar, and I'll top it off with some whipped cream. Oh, yep, yep. Okay. So yeah, I okay. love I love dairy. I'm lactose intolerant, but I love dairy. Yeah. So I, I told you, I go against the mode on everything, There's right? Trade offs, trade offs, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, exactly. good deal. We'll wrap it up there. This was awesome. Yep. Maybe we'll do it again again sometime. Absolutely. Sounds good. I'm always down. Awesome. Thanks, Steph. Appreciate Steph. it. Yep. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, I am Stavo, and this is Vision is Greater Than Anything. Until next time.